హలో లిజనర్స్ వెల్కమ్ టు ద సిక్స్త్ ఎపిసోడ్ ఆఫ్ సీజన్ వన్ ఆఫ్ ఇతిహాస ఇండిక్ హిస్టరీ పాడ్కాస్ట్ అండ్ యూ లిజనింగ్ టు నరేంద్ర విక్రమ్ సీజన్ వన్ ఇస్ ఆల్ అబౌట్ ద విజయనగర ఎంపైర్ ఇన్ ద లాస్ట్ ఎపిసోడ్ వి లుక్డ్ ఎట్ ద గ్రేట్ పొలిటికల్ గేమ్ దట్ వాస్ బీయింగ్ ప్లేడ్ ఎట్ ది హార్ట్ ఆఫ్ విజయనగర వీ ఆల్సో లుక్డ్ ఎట్ ద వేరియస్ ప్లేయర్స్ ఇన్ దిస్ గేమ్ అండ్ అండర్స్టుడ్ ద రోల్ ఇన్ షేపింగ్ ఆఫ్ ది ఎంపైర్ In this episode, we will try to understand the role of architecture and its influence in this great political game. In the last episode, I had mentioned how the king was at the center of architecture too. So let's look at what that actually translates to. In the Vijayanagara Empire, royal ceremonies and architecture was a big deal. That could weaken the king's influence if he didn't pay significant attention to it. or plays part diligently in maintaining the traditions the axially linked royal and sacred spaces of hampi represent the king's own sacred mandala which was one of the crucial parts of worldly and divine powers the rest of the empire was split into many other mandalas which were administered by the subservient nayakas and in turn these smaller mandalas were connected to the central sacred mandala of the king This divine connection granted the nayakas more legitimacy and power. This fed directly into the great political game played by the system. In his English translation of the 17th century ethno-historical Telugu classic, Rai Vachakamu, Philip Wagner describes the city of Hampi as a priceless talisman of authority and argues that possession of Hampi's physical space legitimized the king and endowed him with immense power this is very much unlike many other empires where the capital city as such didn't hold much importance other than it being an administrative capital mughal empire over its lifetime had two capitals agra and fatehpur sikri the british empire in india had calcutta shimla and delhi as its capitals it wasn't fixed in stone usually and the emperor or king could proclaim any city he desired as the capital and the entire court was forced to move there but this wasn't the case with vijayanagara's capital hampi it was indeed fixed in stone and couldn't be moved and the one who physically possessed hampi possessed the empire in theory So the sacrality of the city itself is very obvious. It wasn't just a seat of power. Rather it was a source of power. Let me repeat it. The city of Hampi was the source of power. Without the city, the king and his armies lose their status instantly unless they win it back. This is illustrated beautifully in this excerpt from Rai Vachakamu. in a conversation between Sri Krishna Devaraya and his minister, Saluvati Marasu. Quote, Your Lordship, is it proper that you should leave the city and come here like this? If your subordinates had heard of this, the city would have been lost. If the swordsmen were to hear of it, what a disgrace it would be. End quote. This was Saluvati Marasu speaking at a temple outside Hampi's borders. with the great raya 
which was in response to the emperor's secret disappearance from the royal palace in Hampi as a way of showing his displeasure with the overbearing nature of bureaucracy after his ascendancy and this was timerus's way of educating the new emperor on the utmost importance of the city to his own throne when the chief minister says that the throne would be lost he means that the political aspirants and opponents of the king in the city would take an advantage of the absence of the king so a strong aspirant with enough influence in the vijayanagara army and the nobility has a high chance of being successful in declaring himself as the monarch as he is in control of the city this act of usurpation would be legitimized as a possession of the city itself grants the usurper the divine right to be the ruler so he no longer remains an usurper rather a legitimate king it's worth repeating again the city was the source of power not the king and not the army this is why timarasu when he realizes that the emperor wasn't in the royal palace without raising an alarm he first orders all the nayakas and their forces residing in the city to get ready for a hunting tour with the emperor and start heading out of the city this was clearly a clever attempt by timarasu to deprive all the political trouble makers the muzzle to execute their palace coup if they somehow came to know of the disappearance and then timarasu heads to the temple after his spies report of raya's presence there where this conversation takes place and the emperor returns with much fanfare after forcing timarasu and the bureaucracy to concede on few important demands which is another story in itself fritz and mitchell in their work city of victory have this to say about the centrality of the king on vijayanagara's architectural plane quote shastras codify the layouts of capital cities defining the appropriate spatial framework in which the kings and gods may meet such theoretical models create urban images for the perfect hindu society they prescribe the distribution of all social groups within ideal royal cities locating the ruler at or near the center of his capital this spatial ordering of human worlds always refers to a central god the regulating model for royal hindu cities in india is the mandala the geometric pattern which represents the order of the universe the mandala provides a scheme by which human society and cosmic forces are coordinated within a single spatial system here king and the god share a common central location the power of the presiding deity is manifested inside the mandala and his protective influence emanates outward in all directions and quote the expression of this can be seen in hampi's layout at the center of the royal space of the city lies lord rama's temple and not the king's palace all the roads within the royal center converge on this one focal point On the outside of this temple the carvings depict scenes from everyday life of the court. On the inside of the temple the decorations reflect Hindu legends. In this way one single architecture within the city reflects the dual role that the monarch plays as king and the god. So physical control over both the royal and sacred spaces 
indicate control over the celestial mandala that provides an exclusive link between the king and god this architectural centrality invariably translates into the ceremonial centrality for the king and hence it was of paramount importance to fulfill his ceremonial duties in order to close the potent feedback loop of architecture power and ceremony the awe inspiring descriptions of the european and persian chroniclers of the festivals like mahanavami and diwali in vijayanagar empire but no attempts to candy floss or exaggerate it was the intent and duty of the reigning monarch to leave no stone unturned in the display of immense power his devotion and grandeur of the gods that he worships it's from these gods he derives his own power and legitimacy so we have seen and proved how the politics and power dynamic of vijayanagara wasn't irrational at all and neither was the king a pompous despot like most of the european chroniclers would have us believe they had no way of understanding the framework on which the political system was founded what they saw as chaos was instead a coherent way to establish order with no single player being all too powerful its weakness was its strength as it acted as a gyroscope that kept the direction of the empire pointing up for a long time hence when we talk about vijayanagara there is no way one can disengage its politics from architecture ceremony and the unique political game that was being played due to the lack of a succession principle with this we end the short episode and i hope listeners enjoyed the uniqueness of vijayanagara's political system once again a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to the show if you like the content please hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and a review for the show in the next episode we will understand the importance of temples in 16th century vijayanagara and see the various roles they played in its society till then this is your host and narrator narendra vikram signing off hope you have a wonderful week ahead